Right now at Safeway, save on all your personal care favorites during the Buy 3, Save 3 dollar sale. During the Buy 3, Save 3 dollar sale at Safeway, buy three of your favorite personal care items like Dove Shampoo, Dove Antiperspirant Deodorant, Dove Men's Body Wash, Tresemme Hairspray, or Axe Shower Gel and save $3. Offer expires November 28th. Restrictions apply. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local store for full offer details. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We talked about family, the difference between family, relatives, and dynasty. And this month, I'm going total pop culture with you. We're going viral videos. Some of the things that you watch repeatedly, I don't know about you, but when I see a viral video, I will watch that thing four or five times. I have watched that Listen, Linda Boy about 45 times. And what's amazing is I know exactly what he's getting ready to say and exactly what's getting ready to happen, but I still look at it like I've never seen it before. Anybody else like me? Okay. All right, so today's, uh, and of course, what, listen, I got on a shark shirt. I got on shark shoes. I was going to get a shark up under my eye. <laughs> so you already know what this one is, but just for the sake of the series, let's see what today's viral video is. It's Baby Shark, everybody. So we're going to use that viral video in order to extract spiritual principles. Y'all ready to go? Bible's up. Let's make our confession of faith. It's at the bottom of the screen. I'm lifting my phone because I got the Harvest Mobile app. You can read through the whole Bible in a year. It'll actually read itself to you when you can get through the Bible. Let's go. I'm ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, speak to us tonight. Speak to us with clarity. Speak to us with strength. Speak to us with power. We are here and we are ready to receive from you tonight in Jesus' name. Can I get you, before we go into this word, can I get you to slip both of your hands in the air? Remember, yada toda. I just need you to release. Say, I release the first eight. I embrace the next four. Come on, say, I release failure. I release mistakes, I release fear, I release anxiety, I release panic, and I embrace your shalom. Come on, say nothing is missing, nothing is broken, nothing is lacking. All, come on, say it y'all, all is well. Can you put a praise on the end of what you spoke? Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat its fruit. Come on, say, everything is all right. 
So let's get to work, guys. We ended our series, Dynasty. And when we ended our series, Dynasty, we ended it on with the message, Building the Family Business. And we looked from Luke chapter 14, which says this, starting at verse 16. Luke 14 and 16 says this. But he said to them, a man once gave a great banquet. Now, this is a parable. A parable is a story that's used to communicate a principle. If Jesus tells parables so well, you actually think what he told you happened. You really think that there was a prodigal son. That was a parable. You, you, you really think that those things happen because Jesus tells it so well. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that we believe in a God that knows how to use something that isn't fully, watch me, that isn't real, but tell it in such a way that it makes us see ourselves even in the midst of fiction. What are you trying to say? God has got the ability to write stories well. And if he's got the ability to write stories well, that means he also has the ability to rewrite your story. I don't care what it's been. I don't care what it looked like. I need you to open your mouth and say he's rewriting my story come on he tells parables so well that it makes you think it makes you believe that, that it actually happened and in Luke 14 16 through 17 it says but he said to them a man once gave a great banquet and we learned this that church is like an elaborate meal and it's so important in any elaborate meal you realize that there are multiple courses say multiple courses in the multiple course meal, you have to be careful that you don't think the meal is over after the appetizer. And what happens for many times with people with church is that they look at it as, well, when I'm going through something, that's when I need God. But when things are good, I don't. When I'm struggling, that's when I need church. But when I'm not struggling, I don't. And I'm so glad that you and I have graduated to a place that where we say, I need God every single day of the week, 24-7. I need God like baby shark need water. Let's go. I need God like Hagen needs dogs like Ben needs Jerry's. Y'all ain't talking to me. I need you to say, God, I need you. I Matter of fact, it's so important to God that you know that, uh, that you need him, that the scripture says that God wants things like praise. Now, why does God want something like praise? He knows how great he is, but he wants you to make sure that you know how great he is. Why does he want things like worship? Worship comes from the Anglo-Saxon term worthship, which means to give something worth based on how I treat it. Why does God need to be worshipped? Not because he doesn't know what he's worth. He just says, I need to know that my people know what I'm worth because they are not serving some dead God. They are not believing in some God that somebody wrote up and came up in a fairy tale. We serve and believe in the living God, King of Kings, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, first and the last. He's a healer. He's a way maker. He's a door opener. He's a heart fixer. He's a mind regulator. I wish you knew about the Jesus I'm talking about. Would you look at somebody on your row if you're in here? Don't touch them, but just look at them and say, my God is big. My yeah, he's so big, I'm not even worried about what's going on in the world. Why? Because I know that God has got me covered. When he paid the price for me 2,000 years ago, that blood that was shed covered me. Which means anything I face, I know I'm covered. It may be rough, but I'm covered. It may make me want to cry sometimes, but I'm covered. It may make me want to give up sometimes, but I am covered. Are y'all still here? Now, now look, 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 14, 16. But he said to him, a man grave, what? A great banquet. You cannot get up from the table after you've received the appetizer. Part of being part of a church, part of receiving the word is that it's an elaborate meal. So after the appetizer, now there's more. After the entree, now there's more. A after, after, the, after the coffee, then there's more. A and for many of you, I need you to hear me, it's time for dessert. What, what does dessert mean? Dessert means I've gone through all the other courses. It's time for me to get the harvest of what I've been sowing. Bishop, how do I know that? Because the Bible says, here it is, the Bible says uh, that weeping endures for a night. Joy comes in the morning. Here's what the Bible says. Uh, do not grow weary in well-doing because in due season you'll reap a harvest. How do I know that it's due season? I feel like fainting. I wish... I wish some of y'all would be honest about the fact that there's some days over these last few weeks where you just felt like fainting, felt like, who am I talking to? Felt like, God, I can't take it. God, I can't do it. That's evidence for you that it's your due season. I, I dare you to act like God's about to serve you some dessert. 
That's why the scripture says, remember the Lord and forget not his benefits. What are benefits? Benefits mean dessert. In other words, God says, you didn't go through that hell for nothing. I'm about to give you some dessert. You weren't betrayed for nothing. I'm about to give you some dessert. You haven't been praying for nothing. I'm about to make it pay off. You haven't been worshiping for nothing. I'm about to make it pay. Somebody say, I'm ready for dessert. I, I'm ready for dessert. So listen. And he invited many to this great banquet. Everybody is invited to be saved and to serve. Every background, every pedigree, every race, every age, every struggle, every challenge, every high place, every low place. Somebody say, everybody's included. Say, nobody's excluded. You know what makes me angry with some church folks? is that they think that after they've been running all day, they don't stink. I cleaned that up in a very nice way. What, what do you mean, Bishop? What do you mean? What do you mean? It's you forget the stuff God's brought you through and brought you out of. So when somebody else comes to sit down at the table, you want to judge them because they're not where you are. Forgetting that one day you were just happy to be sitting at the table. See, this is why you got to go back and remember, watch me, the scripture says your first love. Because sometimes when you've been a Christian for a while, you get ungrateful that you even get to sit at the table. And I don't know about you, I'm grateful that despite all my issues, despite all my flaws, he still lets me sit at the table. I wish you were sitting next to somebody that wasn't too proud to tell the truth about their life. That at the end of the day, they get some messed up, jacked up, ratchet stuff in their lives. But God still lets them sit at the table. And when you're not grateful for being invited to the table, you'll have a problem when it's time for you to stand up from the table and serve somebody that's new at the table. See, you were not created to sit at the table the whole time on your blessed assurance and do nothing. At a certain point, God says, now, I need you to get up and I need you to get a towel and I need you to start serving new people that are at the table. At a certain point, it's not just about you sitting here and saying, I need to eat, I need to eat, I need to eat, I need to eat. At a certain point, it's about saying, let me help you eat. I'm still going to eat too, but let me help you eat too. And I'm so glad Harvest is full of people that know, watch me, not only do I get to sit at the table, but I get to stand up and serve somebody else at the table. This is bigger than just me. This is bigger than just me getting the blessing and me getting this and me getting that. It's about using my life to change the lives of somebody else. And I came to prophesy to everybody, all the hell you've been through is about to make sense. Why? God's going to show you, you had to go through that molestation because you're about to pull somebody else out of it. You had to go through that rape. You're about to pull somebody else out of it. You had to go through that rough situation. You're about to use your life to change somebody else's. So look, everybody's invited to be saved, to become a Christian, become born again, and to serve. Now, let's go further. Verse 17. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who have been invited, come. Everything is what? Now ready. In other words, God says, I got everything ready for you. I'm ready to use everything that's happened, everything that's happening, and I'm ready to use that. Say, everything's ready now. Here's what's amazing. As Christians, please hear me and hear me with love. We pray for God to do great things. Then when he says it's ready, we go to verse 18. But they all alike began to make excuses. We say, Lord, if you just give me a shot, I promise you, Lord, I'm going to do it. God says, here goes your shot. I don't really know. I ain't. Lord, just use me. And then he does. He uses you. So you feel used. And then you get mad that he gave you what you asked for. You say, God, I'm ready to give my whole life to you. He says, good. Then it's no longer about what you want. It's about what I want. Which means drop your will and pick up my will. Your will is based on what you think you're good at. But what I'm going to have you doing is something you never thought you'd be good at. 
Ooh, I just said something right there. Because some of y'all, you keep saying, God, but I'm passionate about this. And God says, I don't care nothing about your passion. Your passion is not necessarily where your purpose is. Shut your doggone mouth. I wish you would stop chasing after passion because passion will lead you to bankruptcy and being broke, busted, and disgusted. Instead of going after your passion, you got to say, God, what's my purpose? What was I sent to the earth to do? Because I may be good at a whole lot of things, and that's what I'm passionate about. But instead of following my passion, I need to say, what's my purpose? What am I here for according to you? Not what I'm passionate about. You're only passionate about what you think you're good at. So consequently, what happens is you create a box for yourself based on what I don't like that. But maybe what you don't like is exactly where he wants you to be. Maybe what you don't like is exactly what he wants you to do. Can I give you an example? I didn't want to be a pastor. I said, God, because if them folk talk to me like I see them talk to that other one, it's going to be some smoke in the city. And you know what he said? That's exactly what I want you to do. I said, God, I don't want to be a bishop. I don't want to pastor pastors. Boring. Paint drying. I said, Lord, I'm over here in business. Let me just do business. Just leave me over here, sir. I'm still going to do ministry, but just let me build my empire. Let me be Lucius. <laughs> Can I tell my story? I was like, Can you just, I just want to do this though, too. And I said, No, 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 no. So you know what he did? So he shut down every other option until he got a yes. And then, and then I gave him a half yes. Let me be honest, I gave him a half yes. And I was driving down the street one day. I've told this story before. I was driving down the street. I was driving down Chambers Road, for those of you who are different. I was driving down Chambers. And as we were getting ready to start the church, I was like, fear came over me. Because I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to have to come up with messages every week. <laughs> the business part of it, I, didn't, I wouldn't worry about that. I said, I know. I can do that with my eyes closed. I said, I got to come up with a message. I said, no wonder these preachers don't be talking about nothing. That's a lot of something to say. <laughs> I'm just saying what I said. This is what I said. I said, I got to come up with something new every week. Fear came over me, and I was like, I don't know that I'm going to do that. I, I, and can I tell you, that is the least of my concerns now. I got so much I want to say, I'm trying to figure out how to do it different. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? Is that when you finally yield to God and give him a yes, what you were scared you wouldn't be good at will be your area of strength. Mm. And I came to tell somebody, in these next four, your more is going to be you finally are doing what you were created to do. You're finally going to be doing what you were sent to the, to the earth to do. Jeremiah 1, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations which means I gave you a purpose before you ever had a pulse. Come on here. I gave you a purpose before you ever had a body. So, 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 he says everything's ready. And when everything was ready, verse 18, they all alike began to make excuses. And here's what we learned on Sunday. Jesus gave his life for us, expecting us to give our lives to build the family business. Like when he died, the expectation is, now, if I die for you today, you'll die for me every day. Die to yourself daily. And what most Christians are pursuing is, I, child, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, I'm just doing me. And God is like, that's the problem. You are so fixed on you. And here's the thing. You think because you doing you looks like it's succeeding that God is happy with that. Y'all ain't saying nothing right there. Maybe, you're, maybe your concern shouldn't be failure but succeeding at something you were never supposed to do. Y'all ain't going to talk to me right there. I just need you to say, I'm on track in my next four. Come on. Come on, say it again. Say, I'm on track in my next four. I so that was his expectation. And we looked at this on, on Sunday that the parables show us that the, their failures didn't anger God. Their mistakes didn't anger God. Their inadequacies, innuendo, uh, nuances, proclivities. The master didn't say anything about that. You want to know what angered the master who in the parable is God? Their excuses. Their excuses are what angered the master. Because the master was like, listen, listen, if you wanted to, you would have found a how to. Can I help you with people? Listen, if they wanted to do it, 
they would have figured out how to do it. Because they didn't get a how-to, it tells you they never had a want-to. It'll help you. I promise you it'll save you a lot of money on your car insurance. If you... <laughs> but I, I, I apologize. I couldn't. Mm -mm. You just didn't want to. And that makes me feel better knowing that I, watch me, that I am not going to fight with your will. A late president said it this way. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. And some of you, you spend a lot of time trying to convince people when you need to be using that time to keep it moving. Oh, God. You cannot spend your time trying to convince. I'm going to convince them that they need to love me, baby. You already lost. I'm going to convince them that I'm a good friend. You already lost. If they can't tell the difference between you and the generic brand, then they're never going to be able to tell the difference. And that doesn't mean you lack value. It just means you're trying to convince the wrong person. You're never asking too much. You're only asking the wrong person. Y'all in here, but I just said, stop letting people tell you, you just want too much. Your standards are too high. No, I just shouldn't have asked you. I should have asked somebody that's a shark. I should have asked somebody that can make it happen. I should have asked somebody that can get the job done. Father, forgive me for asking baby shark instead of daddy shark. Let's go. So look, their excuses angered the master, and the master is likened unto the Lord. So look at Luke 14 and 21. When you look at Luke 14 and 21, here's what we see. It says, so the servant came and reported these things to the master. We're going to look at their excuses in a moment. Then the master of the house became angry. He got angry once he heard their answers. He got angry once he heard their excuses. If everybody feels like, I just feel like God is angry at me. No. Mm -mm. Yeah, I messed up yesterday. I just feel like God is so angry at me. Mm -mm. When you start making excuses, though, God is like, Seriously? Did we really go through all of this this first eight months for you to come to me like that at the beginning of September? Because, baby, it's about to be a September to remember, and you. Somebody say, I am not an excuse maker. Uh-uh, you're the type that gets the job done. So look what he says. He got angry, and he said to a servant, go out quickly. In other words, his anger meant go appoint another. Whenever we look at this concept of God's anger in the scripture, what God is really saying is, I'll just pick someone else. I've decided I want somebody else. I've decided I want somebody else because you don't want to do it. And me going back and forth with you, this is not a Leah. We are not going back, back, forth, and forth. We ain't doing it. So he said to a servant, go out quickly. And for some of you better hear me, your, your call's going to come quick. God, I wish I had somebody in this building. I wish I had somebody online. L listen, on Wednesday at 7.55 Mountain Time, it was one thing. But by Thursday at 7.55 a.m. Mountain Time, that's somebody's work. Your call's going to come quickly. And, and you're going to say, how did this happen that fast? It's because God says somebody else wasn't ready, but I called on you because you stayed ready so you didn't have to get ready. Say, my call is coming quick. Come on, Wednesday. Say, my call is coming quick. I, some of you have been waiting to hear back on the application. I prophesy to you tonight, your call is coming quick. So look, he said to a servant, go quickly. Go to the streets and the lanes of the cities and bring me the poor. And poor there means helpless. Has nothing to do with money specifically. It's about being helpless. Two, bring me the cripple. He said, bring me the people who are damaged but not dead. He said, he said, listen, stop acting like you're dead just because there's a little damage. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. He said, stop talking about I just need three months off because you had one bad breakup. Stop talking about I just need six months of rest and recuperation because you had one bad business deal. I'm going to tell you the quicker you bounce back, the quicker you go forward. Bring me the helpless, bring me the, the crippled, that means damage, not there, and the blind. That means they're darkened. He said, listen, I want to bring me to people who right now they're in a dark place. They want to sit in their house all day with the air on. Lights off. Under the covers. 
because they don't even want to confront the day because they're in a dark place. Can we talk for about 20 seconds before I move on? For many people, what's been most interesting about these last eight months is the moments things went dark. And even though you're normally, you're normally a shark. You're normally, a, I'm gonna pray this off. Mm-mm. Turn that worship music on, Mm-mm. turn the word on. In the last eight months, where are you at? I need to know that you're in here. Where are you at? I need to know that you're online. But in the last eight months, you've had some days where you were like, I don't even want to try to turn the lights on. I don't even want to try to come out of this place. Matter of fact, I know I'm not hungry, but I just am stressed. So I'm just about to order me a triple dipper from Chili's at 9.45 in the evening. Excuse me, I was talking about myself, not you. I don't even eat after six. Y'all ready? Y'all here? And here's what you need to know about dark places. Weeping endures for a... Come on, weeping endures for a... Weeping endures for a... When does the day change? Biblically speaking, it would be 6 p.m., the night prior. When we speak from our Gregorian calendar and system of time, it's midnight. Y'all ready? I need you to catch it. When it's darkest outside, that is when the day has changed. Some of y'all looking at me like you don't speak to King's English. I need you to hear me today. In other words, God says, when you're in your dark moment, announcement, you're already in a brand new day. You're already in a new. I need you to open your mouth and give God glory for every dark moment you've had over these last eight months. Why? It's a new day. 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 All things new. The day can't change until it's dark. The day can't change until it's dark. What does that also mean? I can't advance until it's dark. I can't even go forward until it's dark. Y'all didn't hear me today. See, right now it's getting dark outside, and that's evidence, baby, Thursday's on the way. In other words, I'm going to throw this microphone. In other words, what is the darkness? A promise? Darkness is a promise that a new day is about to come. Darkness is a promise that something better is on the way. I need you to give God one shout for every dark moment you've had lately. Hallelujah. Say thank you for my dark places. Let's get back to the Bible. Let's go. I got to finish. It says the helpless, the crippled, damaged, not dead, blind, dark places. If there's no darkness, I literally can't even go to the next day. You can't go light to light. I remember going to Anchorage, Alaska. And when I went to Anchorage, Alaska, I went to the end of July. The end of July, when the sun, you literally could see the sun, and it was up. You could see it, and it was daylight literally for 24 hours in the day. And, And watch me. The problem with that, a lot of people say, oh, that's so cool. The problem with that is that we didn't know that a new day had dawned. So we still thought that we were in Wednesday, not realizing we're already in Thursday. What are you trying to tell me? The next time you find yourself in a dark place, instead of saying, God, instead of saying, God, why me? Say, thank you, Jesus. Why? Because Thursday's here. The next time you feel like fear's coming on, you say, thank you, Jesus. That means something new is on the way. The next time anxiety tries to keep you locked in your bed and keep you sitting at home all day, I need you to learn to say thank you, Jesus, because darkness is a promise. Then it says, and the lame, that means the halted. They've stopped. He says, bring me these four groups of people. Bring me the helpless, the damaged, not dead, the darkened, and the halted. He said, bring me those four groups of people because of the excuses the others made. And what were their excuses? Let's go over them one more time. One, one guy says, I bought a field. I must go to see it. Notice how must is underlined. Because what did he say? I bought something. I must go see it. 
This man was self-centered, not God-centered, because what God wanted wasn't a must. What he wanted was a must. What God wanted was a bust. You saying? God was like, listen, come, come. Well, no, I got to go do this. God says, so you're focused on you, not what I said. Let me help every business owner, every chief executive. Whenever you lay out a directive to those that you lead or those that you employ, to those that are under you, and it is they got to do a must for what they're doing, but the must you've given them is not a must, that should be their last day. Y'all don't like that, but I'm just trying to help you. Number two, the number two excuse, the second guy says, I bought five yoke of oxen. That's amazing. Where y'all getting this money from? God. Like he's the source. How are you going to use what God gives you against God? Ooh, come on, let's for, ask for forgiveness right there because we've all done it. Father, forgive us for using what you gave us against you. Forgive us for using money against you and making it first. Forgive us for making relationships against you and making it first. Forgive us for making the things you gave us and using those things against you. Say, Lord, forgive me because we've all done it. So he brought five yoke of oxen. That's a total of 10 oxen, 10 ox, right? A yoke was a wooden instrument that put the two ox together. So that means we've got two, one on each side. We have a total of 10. 10 in the Bible, it means divine perfection or perfection specifically. So here's what this guy is saying. I think everything is fine in my life, so I don't need God nor church right now. I don't need it right now. I have, I'm on 10. <laughs> and because I'm on 10, I don't need to do all of that in order to win. I'm already winning. It's quiet right there. Then look what he says. I'm going to examine them. Here's what he means by that. I trust in my resources, not my source. I'll spend time with what I have. I'm just not going to spend time with the God that gave it to me. Come on, I like that, Snaps. Come on here, Snaps. I like that. Listen, listen. I, 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 I will spend time with the stuff God gave me. Let me spend time with my kids. But, but I'm tired now with my kids. I, God, I ain't really good. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Just bless me before I go to sleep. Jesus, name, amen. Oh. I'm talking better than y'all say it. Amen. Lord, thank you for my bae. Oh, my God. Thank you for my bae. Thank you for my bae. And we're going to spend time together and more time and more time and even more time. So much time, they don't even want to spend no more time. You happy? What you need? You got what you want? You got what you need? Everything okay with you? Everything good with you? Everything all right with you? And then when it comes to God, thank you, Lord. I just be so tired when it's time to pray. But you weren't tired when you were spending time with him. You asked them everything they wanted. You never once asked God, what do you want? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. And whatever you make an idol, God has to knock it off of the throne. So for some of you, what, what you lost was actually a rebuke. God say, I told you not to put her in front of me. Now she gone. I told you not to put that car in front of me. I told you not to put that house, that relationship, that business. Since you did it. Here's the third excuse. The third excuse says, I just got married. Mm. I just got married. Look what he says. I can't come. Let me tell you, let me tell you how, how rebellion makes you illogical. Why can't you come? No reason. Well, why can't you put God first? No reason. I, I just got married. God says, oh, okay, so your relationships with them is more important than me. Notice, two of the excuses involve money. One of them involves people. Same reason we make excuses. Y'all ready? And here's the other thing this tells us. Hey, 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 bud, your wife's a cancer. What do you mean she's a cancer? 
Because the fact that, and I don't mean cancer astrological sign, because some of you are like, no, Bishop, I think she was a Virgo. <laughs> Let me just be clear. <laughs> she was a Leo. Listen. No, no, no. She's a cancer. How do you know? Because what good wife wouldn't say, husband, go put God first. Because if you ever get this out of order, you're never going to be able to treat me right. Because if you don't fear God, you won't have a problem cussing me out. I wish some of y'all would hear what I'm saying tonight. If you're dealing with a man that don't fear God, don't be shocked when he talk crazy to you. Don't be shocked when he put his hand. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. If they don't fear God, who are you? It's so sad as a pastor to see women think that that's cute. And let's reverse it. Let's reverse it. It's so sad to see men that think that's cute. Yeah, my wife, you know, Bishop, she don't listen. That's a problem. And here's the thing. Everybody thinks they're the exception. But y'all don't understand what we got going on. Okay. I see you on Judge Maybelline. Maybe she's born with it. Mm -mm, that's Maybelline. That's this. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't want to see you put Christ first is a cancer. What's cancer? It's overgrown, watch me, rebellious cells. What do you mean rebellious? They don't respond when the body says stop growing. Say, I refuse to make any more excuses. Come on, say, Lord, I refuse to make any more excuses. So I'm almost done. There's a man in the Bible that this really was his whole way of living. His name is Jonah. Some of y'all like, Bishop, where the shark coming in? Oh, we going there. Jonah 1.17 says this. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, when you're in the belly of a fish, just think of being in a stomach. Generally, that's what it is. Sharks have two stomachs. You say, Bishop, how do you know it's a shark? I'll tell you in just a minute. I'll tell you in just a minute. Because some of you are like, well, I think it was a whale. Mm -mm, I'm going to tell you it's a shark. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. You ready? The Lord said, I'm going to put you in a place where you are helpless. In a place where you're damaged. Think of being in a belly. It's dark. And you can't go nowhere. You're halted. You can't get out until it lets you out. You can pray. You can fast. You can give. You can sow. You can run for it. Run for it. Run. And you ain't going nowhere. For three days and three nights. Who appointed the fish? God did. He said, Bishop, why in the world would God do something like that? And how do you know it's a shark, Bishop? Here's how. It's a shark because in sharks, digestion takes time. And unwanted items, please listen, are never digested because a shark will turn its stomach inside out and vomit unwanted items. In Jonah 2.10, the Bible says, and the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out onto the dry land. That's the behavior of a shark. Baby shark, baby Mama, mama. Come on, read your Bible, church. Come on. Daddy. Daddy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Look over at somebody and say, Daddy, shark. That's his name. This way. Everybody look at me. God tells Jonah. God tells Jonah, Jonah chapter 1, he says, get up, go to Nineveh. Nineveh means house of fish. <laughs> wow. 
He said, since you wouldn't obey me to go to the house of fish, I'm going to use a fish to get you. In other words, God says, I'll use what you would not do to be the thing that gets a hold of you. That's a word for some of y'all right there. He says, get up, go to Nineveh, and I want you to warn them that um, what they've been doing is not cool, and I'm getting ready to issue judgment. Jonah says, I'm not doing that. Here's what's amazing. He's a man of God. He's a prophet who speaks on behalf of God, which teaches me a, mo a very powerful principle. You ready? The most gifted people are often the most disobedient. For all of y'all talking about, I'm a prophet, I'm an apostle, evangelist, pastor, teacher. You're part of the ones we got the most problems from. You know why, you know why gifted people often become disobedient? It's because you learn to live in grace. So you have no respect for grace. Y'all ain't going to talk to me right there. The problem, though, is you waste time. Because whenever you're live, watch me, whenever you're always having to live by grace because you never follow the initial instruction, that means you're in a grace period. A grace period means you've gone beyond your deadline. And I prophesy to everybody that's watching this, everybody listen to this. Wherever you have been over your time, your time is coming to alignment. In these next four, you won't miss your time. You won't miss your day. Everything's going to happen exactly as God is your day. Open your mouth, please, and make this declaration. Say, I'm right on time. I Let's look. Two Filter says that Baby Shark videos have 5 billion views, making it the number one education trend in YouTube history, which shows us this principle. What seems silly to you is what God uses to bring salvation, success, and shalom. Salvation? Come on, talk. Say success. Say shalom. By success, I mean hitting the goal, whatever the target was. I don't need you to get caught up in materialism, cash, cars, and clothes. It means whatever my goal was, whatever the, the objective was, and then shalom. Hebrew word for peace, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. God says, I will literally use what seems silly to you. What do you mean silly? God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh and tell them I'm not happy with what's going on. And it's about to be some smoke in the city. Jonah knew God wasn't going to do it. Because he knew that they were going to repent. Because they were repentant people. In Jonah's mind, this is silly. And I shouldn't have to do it. I'm a grown man. Why I got to do that? I'm a grown woman. Why do I have to do that? It's silly to me. And God says, because you won't do the silly, that's why you have no salvation. That's why you are not successful. And that's why you lack shalom. But your next foe, you're going to see all three. Come on. Bishop, why do you always say stuff like that? Life and death is in the power of your tongue. You got to speak it. Say, in my next four, I'll see all three. Jonah's pedigree explains his problem. Can I help you with this? If you ever want to know what somebody's going to be for you or to you, see where they've been. In the Bible, it gives, us, it, gives us, it gives us the layout of where people have been. It's called the genealogy. It's not doing that just to take up space. Some of you, you ever read the Bible and you just skipped the whole genealogy because you like you couldn't pronounce some of the names. You're like, Methuselah. Who is that? Ain't no Jackie and Darlene in here. Where's <laughs> One of our digital harvesters sent a thing saying, Bishop, I really feel like those are real characters now. Like, what's going to happen with Jackie and Darlene? <laughs> Just names I make up. Now, check this out. For some of you, be careful. Please listen. I'm almost done. When you're dealing with people who don't want to tell you about their past. Because they're omitting pieces of the story that are necessary for you to know what's next with them and you. This isn't just dating. This is friendship. You need to say, now, tell me about your last BFF. Because why do you need a new one? In business. Now tell me, tell me about what where you come from. Oh, I was the top performer, I was the number one. Well, why they let you go? If you were everything you're telling us that you are, then they wouldn't have let you go. Before I let go. If they let you go, evidently there was something in the midst that they decided wasn't worth the risk of keeping you. 
Y'all ain't like that right there. So Jonah's pedigree tells us why. Look at Jonah. Jonah, here's his name means spirit. Spirit means mindset. So Jonah is operating from his, watch me, from his own mindset. That's important. Because he's the son of this man named Amittai. Amittai means my truth. Come on, here it is. So his mindset is to have my truth. Not the truth. Not God's truth. You ever met somebody that you, you say to them, look, they're not a, a, a great, let's, let's call now you may never ever see it clearly. This is like a light blue. Is that what we want to go with? Any, any other color suggestions? We're going to go with light blue. Gray, well, but it's not gray though. Perry, well, someone said periwinkle. All right, listen. So let's use something we can agree on. On my seal, y'all see it's red? It's actually referred to as scarlet red, right? Scarlet red, okay? What is the technical definition of this color? I just told you, scarlet red. When you're dealing with a Jonah, here's what they say. That's more orange to me. You just don't know what I've been through. What does that have to do? I just have an alternative set of facts. There aren't two sets. There's no second narrative here. The definition of the color is scarlet, but that's red. When John S. Gill said, put on your red dress and your high heel, this was what he was talking about. <laughs> it's right here, this is the color. A Jonah will say, yeah, I just, I just have my own view. Jonah, you can't. You simply can't. I just live by my truth. You wouldn't get it. You're right. <laughs> you, you're right. How many of us, you've dealt with somebody that couldn't be reasoned with because they didn't want the truth, they lived by their truth. You, you're trying to tell them, hey, I love you, I care about you, I'm in your corner, that's why I'm trying to tell you what you're doing, it ain't gonna work. No. I just have my own view, you know? Um, and, and they normally talk really long. <laughs> you know, and, like, it's and! Hurry up. Get to the point. Go on and say this mess so I can tell you this wrong. <laughs> and, you know, you know what I mean? Um, right, like, um, so, like, when I see it, I see, what do you see, Jonah? I see whatever I want it to be to justify why I want to do what I want to do. Because what's the last part of Jonah's name? The last part of Jonah's name means he's from Gath Hefer, which means no big deal. So watch me. In Jonah 1, when God tells him to go to Nineveh and warn them, Jonah basically says, no, for what? And he pays for a boat ride to flee from God to go to Tarshish. Tarsus in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament, here's what it means, far away place. It made more sense to Jonah to pay to get away than pay to obey. You're going to pay the fare to run from God. Why not just do what he said? Um, I just feel, <laughs> you feel what, Jonah? You're God's prophet. You don't even get to say what you want to say. You're supposed to say what you're told to say. But I don't want to feel like a robot. You're not, Jonah, because you can pick. But if you pick wrong, baby shark on the way. He literally goes, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you, not today, I'm going to show you. Where he's at is up here. 
Tarsus on the map is literally at the total furthest end away from where he was. Hear me, because I got to finish. Some of you, you are watching me. You may be in this building and you are in Tarsus. You are a runner. You're a runner. You run from what God says, what he does. And I'm not talking about these audible voices. No, I'm just talking about the word. You're like, forgiveness? Yeah, I just, you know, I'm I just feel like, what? What do you feel? Get to it. Because Jonas don't mind wasting your time. And I need some of you to realize in these next four, you ain't going to have to deal with Jonah no more. Can I get you to open up your mouth and say, no more Jonas on my boat? Now, if you talk like that, I'm not necessarily saying, but if the shoe fits, wear that thing. All right, let's go. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. We all have moments where we tell that. So don't, don't misinterpret me. Here, here it is. He pays for a boat ride to flee from God, to go to Tarsus, a faraway place, because his mindset was his truth. And it's no big deal to defy God. No big deal. No big deal. You ever, you ever had somebody give you their word, not keep it? And, and it was just no big deal. Can we be honest? Have we ever given our word? Uh-uh, y'all don't get quiet now. And not kept it. Come on, let's put them hands up now. And put, do the hand with it. And, and it was no big deal. Where does that, that's the spirit of Jonah. It's no big deal because I have my truth. And that's my mindset. If it don't help me, I ain't going to help you. That's Jonah. It's Jonah's mentality. That's how Jonah thinks. And check this out. So Jonah, he gets on this boat. He's sleeping the boat. Because Jonah's will never, ever take serious when you're in a storm because of them. You ever been counting on somebody to do something? They didn't do their part, and, and it was no big deal, and now you're stuck with it, and they don't even so much as try to help you? Like, so I got to fix, I got to clean all of this up, and it's your fault, Mark. And Mark is not a name. Mark is a term. It means you joker. It's first, first Wednesday. You ready? I'm almost done. Jonah sleep on the boat. Boat just rocking and shaking. Shaking and rocking. Rocking and shaking. Shaking and rocking. That's what the boat's doing. So much so, they say, this boat is about to come apart. They begin to all cry out, cry out. Eventually, Jonah surfaces, and Jonah says, this storm, listen to me, is because of me. And do you want to know what they did? Please listen. After Jonah identified he was the problem, Jonah said, throw me overboard and your ship will stop being in a storm. Do you want to know what the men on the boat did? They rode harder. And some of y'all, people have told you exactly what the deal is. And you're rowing. No, you're going to be my friend. No, you're going to love me. No, you're going to do right today. And all of your labor is not preventing your loss. Because God says, I won't stop the rocking and shaking and the shaking and rocking until Jonah's gone. And for some of you, oh, oh, and these next four, there might be some Jonas. Last month we dealt with lots. We're starting this series talking about Jonah. There may be some Jonas you need to say, you know what? I care about you. I love you. We had a lot of good times. We laughed a lot. We had a lot of good nachos. Amazing chips and salsa. Can't nobody do coffee the way you do it. 
but you gotta go. Because in my next four, I'm not gonna be rowing that hard and not seeing results. I'm not gonna be praying that hard and not seeing results. Woo! I'm not gonna be worshiping that hard and not seeing results. I'm not gonna be giving that much and not seeing results. And the moment I get you overboard, I see results. So let me finish it. Can I finish? So they throw him overboard. And when they throw him overboard, guess who's up under the boat? Baby shark. Mama shark. Daddy shark. Grandpa shark. Grandma shark. Great, great, great grandma shark. Bishop, Bible don't say all of that. Can I tell you why I think it was probably, and this is just all theoretical, it was probably granddaddy shark? Let me tell you why. Because he had to be big enough to eat what Jonah's daddy was. What does that mean? Sometimes when God's trying to get rid of generational stuff, he's got to let what consumes you be so overwhelming that it's got the power to make you go back generations to correct some stuff. Can I help some of y'all? The reason it seems so big is because this is bigger than one generation. This is going back to Amatai. Let's go. This is going back generationally because you are a curse breaker. All right, look, 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 look. Let's go. So there's great fish. Shark comes. Swallows him. Listen, doesn't bite him because God doesn't want to kill him. God's like, I'm not doing this because I'm trying to get you. I'm doing this because I'm trying to save you. For everybody where you've been angry at God over the last eight months, hear me please tonight. God was not trying to get you, get back at you, be vindictive. He was like, I'm trying to save you from yourself. Because I'm not covering you when you're in Tarshish. Did you hear me? I'm not, I'm not covering that because I didn't order that. You paid that fare to go nowhere. So he's in the fish, in the belly. Sharks have two stomachs. He doesn't bite him. He swallows him. Because God says, I need you to be ready when you come out of this. When, when, when he vomits you out, he's going to put you on dry land. Watch me. Exactly where you were supposed to be in the first place. Exactly where you were supposed to be in the first place. I need for some of y'all to hear me. Whatever it is you're dealing with right now that feels like the belly of a great fish, it's going to get you exactly where you're supposed to be. At the right door, at the right opportunity, at the right moment. Some of you, you're here tonight. You're watching tonight because a great fish got you to the right place. So he's in there three days, three nights. We'll look at what happened to him. I'll tell you on Sunday. He's in the belly of the fish. And God uses the fish to help him do three things. Number one, to rescue him. What he was doing was getting ready to ruin him. Number two, so he could repent. If you look at what Jonah says, while Jonah's in this place where he's helpless, where he's halted, damaged but not dead while he's in this place he starts repenting he starts saying God what was I thinking what was I doing God what was I drinking I've been drinking don't look at me like that Wednesday <laughs> what was I what was, what was I on why did I think like that why did I talk like that? Why did I operate like that? He begins to repent. What does repent? Change his mind. God says, I'm using this shark to make you change your mind. Repent. Re, back, pent, top. Get back to the penthouse. Jonah, get back to the best you. And then number three, to be redirected. He said, you were going way over there. Where I told you to go is over here. You missed that. 
you thought you needed to make this big old drastic change. All I need you to do is this small thing. You chose to go past what I said to do because you didn't think it was a good idea to do what I said to do. Say, God, you're rescuing me so I can repent and then be redirected. Jonah 2 and 10, and we're done. And the Lord spoke to the fish. Whatever happened between all of these verses, the Lord says, he gets it now. He gets it now. She gets it now. She gets it now. She gets it now. They get it now. <laughs> it took a little while. Because for some, watch me, it's not been three days and three nights. For some, it's been the last eight months. For some, it's been two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Who am I talking to? If you look, there's certain, and here's what's amazing. Some areas, you're like, I'm good. But other areas, you're in the fish. You're like, that area right there, baby shark, daddy shark, mama shark, cousin shark, auntie shark, dog shark, <laughs> tiger shark, lion shark, lion king, everybody came. All of them. But the Lord spoke to the fish. So he spoke to my shark. Let's see if I can give you another S word for shark. He spoke to my situation. I'm out of here. Let's go. He spoke to my situation. Because my situation got me to repent. My situation rescued me. And my situation redirected me. He spoke to my situation and said, flip this thing outside. Flip this thing inside out. I need you to hear me. The way that the shark is able to vomit out what he didn't digest is that he flips his stomach inside out, which means everything that was in is now being pushed out. What are you trying to say? That, that means while Jonah was in there, there was some stuff, not just him, but some stuff going on in that stomach that was making Jonah better. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? That there's some stuff you've been in that's been making you better. There's some stuff you've been dealing with that's been making you wiser, making you smarter, making you greater. And God says, I'm speaking to your fist. Please hear me tonight. I'm speaking to your situation. I'm speaking to your shark. And it's about to put you exactly where I need you to be. Come on, Wednesday. It's about to put you exactly where I need you to be. I need you to believe that your God is supernatural. Because what was that fish doing? That fish was swimming. That fish was diving. That fish was going around. That fish was going up. It was going down. But what Jonah didn't know is that fish was getting him exactly where he needed to be in the first place. And I need you to worship God. I'm done for the next 15 seconds that your situations are getting you exactly where God wants you to be. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.